Ksuvas Perik Ches, Mishnah Gimel 8.3, and now the Mishnah will further clarify these halachas of her, the wife, getting the Karen, the principal, whereas he, the husband, getting the peros, the fruit, meaning the, the output of that uh, that principal. So the Mishnah first says, Naflu la ksafim. If she inherits money, cash, a suitcase full of cash, and the truth is it doesn't have to be inheritance, it could be coming to her because she found the suitcase, um, or someone gave her the suitcase full of cash, it doesn't matter. In all such cases, so the money belongs to her, it's her money, and therefore, the proper procedure is to um, take that money, purchase land, and then the land belongs to her, but um, the production of the land, what it produces, is his. Now, this actually is two separate things being considered here. Um, first of all, we're saying that we can't let the money stay as a suitcase full of cash, Um because we need to protect her money. And if it lies around, it's subject to get lost or stolen or who knows what. Even if we're talking about like investing it, you cannot do that. I'm mean, happy that the principle is protected. And the thought is that the safe place for principle um, is in the land itself. And therefore we're saying for the sake of the woman to protect the principle that she has received or inherited or found. So we are requiring her to, and him, them, to purchase land, which we believe is stable and has the you know base value that won't, won't be lost and can go nowhere. Um, and then, in addition, we're saying that once that's done, um, he will he'll be entitled to get the output. And we're also, we're saying therefore that um, we need her to invest. That we need to her to purchase land um, with the money because if it would stay as a suitcase of cash, there would be no output. There would be no peros, and he's entitled to them. Therefore, the only real recipe, says the Mishnah, is to purchase land itself. Um, the din brought down Rishonim is that they can't use the money for some kind of um, investing because she can lose her principal, so it's got to be land, which is considered safe by the Mishnah. Um, and similarly, the Mishnah says, Peros hatolushim in akarka. If what she inherited wasn't a suitcase full of cash, but rather barrels full of apples, so then those apples in the barrels, they may be fruit, they may be peros, but here they have a status that apples are the karen, they're the principal themselves. And therefore that to be converted into land, and then that is what the store of her value is, and he gets the production of that land. So that's the case. Peros hatolushnim in akarka. If she inherits, finds, receives um, produce that is detached from the ground, barrels of, you know, sacks of potato, barrels of apples, then the din is yilakach behen karka. They are to sell those apples, get the money, with the money purchase land, and the land belongs to her. Vahu ochel peros. Then he will eat the, meaning he will be able to get benefit from and own the production of that land while they're married, the output of that land. Fine, that's all straightforward. Now what happens if she inherits a field? Now of course the field that would be Karen, but if what if the field is, let's say it's not a, it's, let's say it's a, an apple orchard, and the apples are, are now on the trees. So what's the status of those apples on the trees? Do we say those apples on the trees are considered to be... Um, Apples she inherits, they're carrying their principal, and kind of like getting apples inside baskets, they're to sell those apples, and then she can, you know, you'll use the money to purchase a uh, cherry orchard, and then the cherry orchard belongs to her, but the cherries belong to him? Or do we say no? 
he's entitled to peros fruit, and when she inherits the land, then it has it's laden with peros fruit. So that means that she owns the land. But even this first harvest, even though when she inherited the land, they already had fully grown apples. Those apples belong to him. So the Mishnah says, "Hamuchubarin lebekarka," the apples that are already attached to the trees. That when at the time she inherits them, they're fully ripened, ready to pick apples. Amr Bimeir, Reb Meir holds, Shamanosan Kamehen Yafen Beperos, Vekamehen Yafen below Peros. You have to do an appraisal on the orchard that she inherited. And we say, listen, how much does someone pay for this orchard with laden with apples ready for harvesting? And let's say the answer is $110,000. So then we also appraise it. How much would the land be worth if it didn't have any apples on the trees right now? Just the empty trees. And the answer might be $100,000. So we say the difference between the $100,000 and $110,000, the $10,000, he needs to cough up, he needs to pay her um, by using that $10,000 to buy another piece of property, let's say, and a cherry orchard. And then the cherry orchard belongs to her, even though the cherries belong to him. And that's what the Mishnah says here. Vahamosar, the difference between the appraised value with the apples on the trees, 110 and without the apples on the trees, just 100 the difference of 10 Yilakach behen karka. That ten is used to purchase other land, let's say a cherry orchard. Vuochel peros, and then he eats the fruit from that new piece of land, meaning he can benefit from the cherries on that cherry orchard. The chachamim, the cham disagree, and they omrim. They say hamuchubarin lekarka shalo. They say whatever fruit there is, even if it's still attached to the ground, meaning that the apples laden on the trees laden with the apples, those apples themselves are also peros. And therefore, they belong to him. Even though when she inherits them, they, you know, that's when they become his. Even though they didn't grow while they were hers, still um, they're considered peros, and they're for him to keep. Which means, already from the first harvest, immediately um, they're his. So, really, the machlokus between the two is really a question of at what what's the break point? How do we measure? Do we consider apples that grew while they were in her possession, or do we measure it based on not when they grew, but whether when they're when they're harvested, so the mayor holds it matters. It matters, you know, um, when they grew, and therefore they grew without being his. Therefore, they're hers. And the chum say no. It matters when they're picked. And when they're picked a minute later after she inherits it, um, they become the they become his. They become his. That's the chum shita. So um, the chum finish up by saying vatolution. Of course, whatever she inherits that's totally detached from the tree. Um, Minakarka, or from the detached from the land, Shilah, that's hers. And what do you do with those barrels of apples she inherits? Karka, you'll sell the apples, you use it to purchase, let's say, the olive, excuse me, the um, cherry orchard, and he eats the cherries. So this actually repeated itself. The reason it repeats itself is to emphasize the point that even it doesn't matter if she inherits an orchard which has like got apples ripening on the trees, or even if they're fully ripe and they're ready for picking right now. Um, even if they're you know, totally ready for picking right now, still they belong to him because they're considered peros. And um, and that's the din. The din is um, to the husband's advantage, meaning that if she inherits trees, even though they're laden, if they're laden with fruit, those fruits already belong to him from the outset. They're considered peros proper. Um, that's interesting as much as the general rule is, not like that. Usually the rule is that um, while it's attached to the tree, it's still considered part of the ground. And then once it becomes detached, is it considered to be... Um, like Peros, um, but uh, in this case, the rabbis found in favor of the husband um, that he has he has the Peros already from the moment that they are inherited 
by her, even if they're fully grown on the tree. Um, one other point before I end, which is, if you'll ask um, why Reb Mayer has this kind of strange calculus where he says, figure out how much the apples are worth, excuse me, how much the field is worth with the apples on the trees versus how much the field is worth without any apples, instead of just saying how much are the apples themselves worth, the answer is because, um, let's say there are 30,000 apples on the trees, let's say apples go for a dollar an apple, so you'd say, listen, those are worth $30,000, the answer, of course, is no, it's not worth $30,000 because it's $30,000 in the market, but while on the tree, you still have to pay for the harvesting and the transportation and the marketing of the apples. So, of course, the value of the apples currently, while they're on the tree, is what people pay for the field with the apples on it and not the actual, like, I'll call it retail price of the apples themselves. And that's why we have to figure out what the apple orchard is worth with apples ready for picking versus an orchard without apples ready for picking.